You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. All right, everybody. Thank you again and again and again for coming back continually. Conti- Repeatedly and Rep- continually. Yes. And we can't thank you enough. Yeah, man. We've got a solid like 75 to 85 listeners every single week on our podcast. You know what? That's more than I expected when we started this thing. Yeah, that's pretty, that's I, pretty know, I cool. I like 10 or 15, a handful of people, you know, just a handful of people will be listening to this. And um, I'm stoked, blessed, honored that we have this many people. Yeah. And that our influence is reaching, like, like you think that we have something worthwhile to listen to, to say and to listen to. And it's super encouraging hearing the feedback. I know sometimes with our men's group or different people come and be like, hey, I really liked what you said, you shared there. Uh, <laughs> shared, please, said and shared. <laughs> if you shed it, that's cool. If you shed it. You know, you actually, if you take a lint roller and go up and down this <laughs> podcast, you're going to get a lot of uh, shed information from this podcast. My dog sheds and not in a good way. Man, all right. Um, I am out of coffee, which is kind of a a no a no bueno. With how cool it is up in this upper room, man. Yeah, listen, it's been it's been kind of chilly. We're we're experiencing some some winter symptoms, right? Not in our bodies, thank you, Lord Jesus. But in the sea, in in the outside weather, it's been kind of cold. And on cold days like this at the office, I mean, Ashley. Shout out to Ashley. She's uh, um, receptionist. Does a lot of things. A lot of media stuff for us, but she's also in charge of keeping the coffee pot full. And I tell you what, there is always fresh hot coffee. It's nice on like, cold days. It's man. kind of probably bad. Like we shouldn't drink this much coffee, but when it's cold like this, I find myself just continually going back to the carafe. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I do as well. Back to the carafe. Back to the carafe. Um, Sounds like a podcast name, but that's not the name of this podcast. No, it is not the name of this podcast. What do you want to get into today on this yeah. podcast, man? Well, um, I'm going to give one more introductory statement. Introductionary. Is that a word? Is that a word? Introductionary? Yeah. Pictionary? Pictionary. No, I want to tell you about some food. I know I just talked about coffee, but I'm going to talk to you a little bit about food. Because when I was at a conference, I had for the first time in my life a chopped cheese. You know what chopped cheese is? I don't know what chopped cheese it's is. It's New York's take on a Philly cheesesteak. Really? So I was a food truck called... It was called the Big Apple Bodega. That's a cool name. And it's, it's the home of the chopped cheese. And I'm like, what is this? And basically, it's like they take a burger and they just like chop it up. And it's kind of like a sloppy joe and they throw it on a bun for you. Um, but it was like really good. I got it two days in a row at the conference that I was at. So if you're from New York, you know what a chopped cheese is. Um, hit me up. We can talk about our chopped cheese experiences. And if locally you want a really good cheesesteak, go to New York Pizza, either in mm. Aspen or Willits. Willits. And get a I've had a Philly cheesesteak. Philly cheesesteak from New York Pizza. And you'll feel like there's right. an anvil in your stomach, but you're gonna feel good with it. Seems that a little bit like stomach. a conflict of interest to sell, serve a Philly cheesesteak at New York Pizza. With it tasting that good, there is no Maybe conflict. Maybe they should just introduce the chopped cheese. All right. We've uh, talked about coffee and food long enough, so let's get into what I want to talk about today. Um, I want to talk about your life being colorful and complicated. That's what the title of this is. Um, and by colorful and complicated, I am referring to a, um, a parallel um, of a Rubik's Cube. And I don't know if you've ever done a Rubik's Cube. Have you? 
I don't have the patience for that. I don't you spend know. much time with it. I, my brain doesn't work that way. Um, man. My, yeah, I have, but it's it's kind of sad. Yeah, my whole life I thought I didn't have enough patience for a Rubik's Cube. But So um, I used to be in your um, job position. I used to be a youth pastor. Um, and one of the years that the graduating class, I can't remember which year it was, but usually we give them a last hurrah and a last final message. And I was was kind of coming up with a, a, a sermon all around a Rubik's Cube because I had determined I was at a friend's house. I had a Rubik's Cube sitting on the coffee table. And I remember, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try and solve that. And I just kind of fiddled with it for a minute. And then I thought, man, there's no way. And I was like, you know what? It would be really cool if I learned how to do a Rubik's Cube and then I could apply it more to this message. Um, so I told my wife, I said, I'm buying a Rubik's Cube and my spare time is not going to be filled up playing video games anymore. I will still talk to you, but I am going to learn the Rubik's Cube. So, Were you married at the time? <laughs> yeah, I was okay. married at the time. So, yeah, so it was 2017-ish. Yeah. Well, you got married. No, in, no, didn't no. you get married in November? It was right November before we got married. It was okay. right before we got married. Because I remember being at the house in Rifle. I hadn't moved in yet, but she had, like, she, she was living there by herself. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, so... um. There's two types of people in life, okay? There's those who can solve Rubik's cubes and those who can't. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put a third category in there. There's people who um, uh, they look like they can, but they're completely clueless. And that was me. You know, I wanted to spin it and twist it. Think I got something going, but I didn't. I didn't have anything going. That was me every time. Pick up, pick it up, and spin it. Right, make it look cool. Um, that was about it. So um, I was okay with belonging to the vast majority of people who couldn't do it up until I decided that I wanted to change. So I wanted to actually learn how to solve one of these things. So that's what I set out to do. Um, I was going to focus really hard, manipulate it, twist it, turn it until it took shape. So my initial plan was just work harder, figure it out and like it'll come together, right? So I spent days just trying to twist and turn. I thought it was a matter of luck. I thought if I just was persistent, it would work, right? So, um, uh, but no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't get it done. So I could maybe solve one side by accident. That happened a few different times, but that was it. So I kind of felt defeated. Um, I wanted to figure it out, but I just couldn't. So um, I had to look up instructions, and if you know, I'm going to get nerdy for a second. I'm here to tell you that anyone can solve a Rubik's Cube. Um, because really there's two moves, two algorithms that you need to know. It's a series of moves. And there's a left algorithm and a right algorithm. It's literally like up, over, down, over, down. For the left side and the right side. And if you know those two algorithms, you can solve a Rubik's Cube. So anyways, I had to look up a set of instructions to solve this, okay? All right? Once I got one side solved, like I said, I was afraid to mess it up and complete the other sides, okay? But this is a fundamental truth of a Rubik's Cube. Unless you're willing to mess up the perfect side, you will never solve the others. So that's the first step. You solve one side of the Rubik's Cube, and you think, okay, Good. You think naturally that side will preserve itself and then another side will get completed and then another side. But actually you you mess that whole side up to get the other sides going, right? So this is where your life is a lot like a Rubik's Cube, okay? It's colorful and it's complicated, okay? There's a lot of complex pieces to it. And if you're supposed to, uh, 
you're supposed to get everything figured out and in the right place. You're supposed to solve this puzzle that we are calling life, okay? So like I stated before, when you try and figure it out on your own, you tend to screw it up and you tend to get frustrated. So it takes a willingness. This is where we apply it to God, okay? It takes a willingness to mess up our plans to follow God's. So how many so times, true. how many times in life are you, you know, a lot of people have a five-year plan and they go step one, step two, you know, phase one, phase two, phase three, you get phase one done and you're so, you're, you're, you're happy about it, but you're, you're protecting phase one. You don't want to screw that up. And you're, you're guarding something that in all reality, if you know, what does the Bible say? Unless the Lord builds the house, the labors labor in vain, they labor in vain. How many times are we doing something in our own strength of our own accord, in our own way, our own agenda with our own set of instructions that we think is right. And we, we, we are not going to get where we need to go in our calling, right? In our influence with our families, all that kind of stuff. If we are not willing to abandon our plans, right? Our little perfect side, phase one to the five-year plan, abandon that to what God has. And I'm even thinking, I just met somebody recently who um, is a great example of this. They spent their entire life building what they thought was right. And then in a moment, God said, sell your business and move here. And they were talking to me about it, and they had to completely abandon everything. Huge sacrifice. Uh huh. And they still don't know exactly what God has in store for them, for but but they know that that was the right thing to do. You ever f- been in that type of situation before? That can be tough. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. So solving even a single side of a Rubik's cube is work, right? It takes thought. It takes strategy. It's a it's a small accomplishment in and of itself, right? In its own right. But following someone else's directions for solving the entire thing taught me that no matter how hard I try, um, that cube with, you know, how to try, no hard, glory to God. The interpretation of that tongue is no matter how hard I try to solve that cube without messing up the first side, I cannot do it. To solve the cube, I had, I had to give up my own ideas and follow somebody else's. Wow, okay. man, this is good. I've almost got a full page of notes off of what you've already said that I want to put in, Yeah, well, but right. we'll do it after you get to a good spot. Well, this is a great spot. Oh, no, here, I'll say this real quick. <laughs> almost it's, a good spot. It's only, it's only, I know I, I had, I rambled a lot at the beginning, but we're, we're, we're tightening the. There's nothing that <laughs> needs to tighten up. <laughs> tighten up. Tighten auto body. All right. It's only when we surrender our ideas and how to run our lives to God that we discover that his plan is better. And it may mess up our perfectly ordered life, but in the end, our impact on this world, it will be far greater than with our own set of plans. That's how great. How you say something? Well, now? the first thing that you said that Ooh. lit off some fireworks in me is you said there's three categories of people. First <laughs> off, the people that can do a Rubik's Cube, the people that can't, but there's a third category of people that look like they can, but they can't. Right. And I think... You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of us are totally okay with being in the category. As long as it looks like I know what I'm doing, that's right. good enough for me, spiritually speaking. Mm-hmm. At least it looks like I know how to worship God. At Come least on. it looks like I trust God. At least it looks like I have faith in God. And that's enough for a lot of people from the external because they're not going to dig enough to know the truth of what's going on in your heart. Right. And if you can spin your life around and maneuver it, turn it three times here and make progress, expend some energy, that's good enough for me. And, you know, maybe you look up someone like maybe if I wanted to feel better about not doing a Rubik's Cube, I might look up, can Bill Gates do a Rubik's Cube? And he's like, <laughs> if Bill Gates can, I can't, who cares? In our life, Pastor Mark has said that mm-hmm. it's just 
boils down to at least I'm not as bad as someone else mm. or I'm as good as this person who I look up to. Mm. But really, that's not enough for God. Right. And it shouldn't be enough for us to spend energy, look the part, but not actually be making any progress. That's the first thing I thought of, which was really cool. Yeah. Secondly, Keep going. Uh, you said what you realized once you realized there was an instruction manual was you went to the instruction manual instead of the cube. So ideally... Yeah. You could go to an instruction manual before you ever put your hands to the cube. Mm -hmm. So I know with children, it's this way sometimes. It's like, okay, you give them a new toy and then you're like, let me explain how to use it. And they're like, no, and they're just reaching (laughs) for it immediately. Like, no, you're going to develop bad habits. You're going to do something that's wrong. So ideally, the first thing we go to shouldn't be the object itself. It should be how to operate the object. Now we have that, our instruction manual. I don't want to steal your thunder. You're good, man. But it's the Bible. Absolutely. What if we went to marriage... Not to marriage first, but to the Bible on how to do right. marriage. Then we wouldn't have the... Yeah, we, we go to marriage first, we screw up, and then we go, I, I guess I need God. Right. Which Come goes on. back to that verse that you said in yeah. Psalm, unless the, the Lord uh, builds, builds the, the house, house, the labors labor in vain. But we have to take the countercultural and counterintuitive position of going, I know I could put my hands to this and learn as I go, but before that, I'm going to seek the Lord's wisdom. The maker of a thing has the purpose of the thing and how to operate the thing. So I thought of that. And lastly, you said that you get to the spot where the right side might look good, but the left side, there's a right algorithm and there's Mm -hmm. a left algorithm. So you've gone, you've gotten instruction. You might get direction on how to do it. And you get to a spot where you see progress and you've already spent all this time doing work and putting in the labor and you're seeking God and you get Mm -hmm. the right part and then you protect it. And our life gets boxed in because, Mm -hmm. man, I see a little bit of fruit and it took me so long and I've screwed it up so many times and I've spent a Rubik's Cube thousands of times (laughs) and I haven't gotten nowhere. Now I'm somewhere. I ain't going to mess this up. Yeah. But John Grunewald mentioned this in the podcast. He said that sometimes the next level of growth looks like going to a smaller Mm -hmm. place and building from there. So even in following the system, the algorithms Mm -hmm. of God, their laws, giving is a law, faith is a law, but there's a way to navigate it. We have to lay up what we'll hold on to, to get to God's full picture. You might get to a, 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 a spot or a place where you would say, this is financial breakthrough. And the next step is you giving it all away. And God's like, I, God, don't you're do like, that I am me, backtracking God. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when, when I would, was, was solving this, was this Rubik's cube, you know, I'd get one side solved and then I'd start manipulating the other sides. I'm like, Oh crap, I'm, I'm ruining it. I'm ruining it. And then I would backtrack. Oh, Oh, Oh. And I try and get back to where I was. And that's such a spot of discouragement for so many people. Cause they get to a certain level and they're like, God, you're doing something good. And then God says, yeah, we're going to go back here and we're going to rebuild it from here. It's like, no, man, mm-hmm. I just failed or I did something. Or maybe you're just moving on to a new level right. of growth. And the the crazy thing about solving a Rubik's Cube, and I know there's people who can just do it intuitively. I'm not one of those people. So I had to follow the instructions. So you get to like the last set of instructions, like a few more moves and it's solved. And you look at the state of the Rubik's cube and nothing is making sense. Like you've got maybe two rows solved. You're like, okay, great. But there's a third row and all the colors are completely wrong. And you're wondering how is this thing coming together? So one of the near last moves is a picture of a Rubik's cube that doesn't even look finished. Yep. Yep. Wow. You would think the last move, it's like, yep, two cubes, just got to move this corner to this corner. Perfect. But a lot of times it looks completely jumbled and you have to trust the process. Right. And so a few weeks ago, you know, we were singing a song called Wait on You at church. 
And, you know, we kind of had a time where, where he was praying over people about patience. Right. And then we, we sang it a little bit more and I got kind of a a verse that just kept popping up, just a phrase that we started singing is I, I I trust in your promise and your process. Right. And so, you know, really, we're really milking the Rubik's cube analogy for all it's worth. But just like that last step doesn't make any sense. Like yeah. the, the instructions, right? It was there in front of me. I trust the instruction because it's someone who's gone before and done it. I heard right? something too. And trust I think the it's promise a, in the process. I'm sorry to jump No, you're on good. It. I think this is applicable. I heard a minister say it, that God doesn't play checkers. He plays chess. Yes. And checkers is totally like, I'm going to jump here. Then you're going to jump over me. And you know, you're <laughs> but chess, sometimes you move back, you do different mm-hmm. moves. Yeah. And man, I'm not even going to think that I have the mind of God in the chess match to know what's going, but he's working things. So yeah, me neither, but a few, um, uh, a few scriptures that kind of help, uh, hammer this point home. Uh, Proverbs 19, 21 says many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purposes that prevail. Right. So we can do as much as we want, think what we're doing the right things, think that we're building a life, but it's, if we trust in him, ultimately his purpose is going to prevail. Um, Proverbs sixteen nine says, "A man's hearts, uh, a man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps." Proverbs three five through six says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. And in all of your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths." That's good. So on your next journey, right wherever you go, don't try and figure it out on your own. Right? Trust him. Trust the promise. Trust the process, follow the instructions, go to the instructions before you take that next step, right? Mm-hmm. And, you'll, and you'll see it come to pass. It's the Lord's purposes. That's that really good. I like that, man. Thanks. I can say, if you put a Rubik's Cube in front of me right now, I probably couldn't solve it. But um, I would have to refer back to the, to man, the manual. That's it, though. Yeah. So often we think, I got it. Got it. That's why you need... A regular and reoccurring instruction time from the instruction book. Because just because you got it three years ago, you're not going to know what to do. Or, you know, it's going to look different. So you got to go back to the manual. Yeah. Mm. Really good analogy. I like that, man. Thanks, man. That was quick, powerful, and informative. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, we got 10 minutes, but we aren't going to take up 10 minutes more of your time. Let's go wisdom of the day. Let's go wisdom of the day. What you got? I really, because I think I live a life and it's based out of insecurity at times where it is good enough for me just to look the part. And as long as I'm fooling most people, Mm -hmm. um, and if I keep doing that, I'll fool myself. And then it gets dangerous because you're walking in deception. It's good enough. And I can look around and see, as long as it seems like I'm floating with everyone else and no one's noticing, doesn't matter what I'm really producing. But deep down, sometimes my strongest desire isn't my deepest desire. My strongest desire at times can be like and conform to everyone and look the part. Even if I am not the part, my deepest desire is to live a life of productivity and honor to God. And sometimes that looks like, yeah, I know I might be wearing the glasses and I make a lot of progress, but I'm going to step away from this Rubik's Cube for a bit. I'm going to spend some time learning how to do it. Mm. And then I'll come back and you'll see real fruit in my life. Mm. That last sentence kind of reminded me of, it's like an old, it's not a, it's not a Bible. Let me guess where you're going. Sharpen Sharp, the axe. Sharpening the axe. <laughs> yeah. So you give two people, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher it, but um, you give two people the task of cutting down a tree. One person just immediately begins to start chopping down the tree. The other person spends the majority of his time sharpening the axe. 
to make it quicker and, and faster. So that that just reminded me of yeah, that. That's good. Um, taking time to consult the manual. <laughs> yeah, even when building IKEA furniture, right? As men, we want to just start putting it together. And there's been times like in front of my wife where I have to disassemble it because I, I, I missed a bunch of steps because I thought I could do it without the manual. So you save yourself a lot of time, heartache, headaches, if you just consult the manual. Um, and then another thing I was going to say to, oh, Lord, help me remember what it was. Um, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> ah, not that important. I don't remember it. But uh, I guess my wisdom of the day is um, the revelation I came to through the Rubik's Cube and when it comes to the Word of God is I have to give up my own ideas and follow somebody else's. That's true. That's so um, good. So, yeah. Did you mention the verse, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end no, is No, I didn't, but that's a good that's one. A, that's a good way to do it, man. Right. It would have been the death of you and your Rubik's Cube's dreams if you never opened up the manual. <laughs> That's good. So that's your life, colorful and complicated. Awesome. Can I pray us out of this yes, podcast, sir. man? Father God, thank you so much to the wisdom that you put in Pastor Jonathan's heart. And thank you that as we share, talk about the everyday, ordinary things in life that you've put in front of us, even if they're a Rubik's Cube, you can teach us, you can lead us, you can guide us, and we can share them with each other and see your goodness, see your glory, and how you're leading our lives. Father God, I pray you would ride on these words into the ears of those that hear this podcast, including us, and bring about change, transformation, and benefit for all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all for listening. Go buy yourself a Rubik's Cube, figure it out, but use some instructions, and we'll see you next time on the Song and Growing Podcast.